Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We have a really interesting episode here where we talk about what's called mental models. Uh, We talk about three or four different mental models throughout the episode. If you've never heard about mental models, this episode is going to be really fun for you. Essentially, it's a way of cognition or classifying cognition and human decision making that are pertinent to humans and that are kind of on the border of heuristics and fallacies, but are really just a model of thinking. So we discuss a variety of situations that these three or four mental models fit into, uh, some of which, just to name drop a few, are the evergreen model, the discounted cash flow model, and the component interest model. So really interested to see what you guys get from this. It sounds a lot more riveting than the way I just described it. Trust me, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the weekly call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Welcome back to another episode of the weekly call. We've got John out in Kelowna, British Columbia. How are you this evening, John? Don't say uh, yeah. it. Yeah. Don't say it. it, it oh, Obatokes. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say peachy. Uh, Ammer, um, out in Etobicoke, Ontario. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> this Obatokes is I think we need to start off with a new opening question. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what's funny is I actually have been keeping a log um, and... I always go, hey, how are you guys? How are you guys? And only, and I'm going to, I swear to God, only, this is episode, I think it's 90, I think this is episode 98, I think that we're recording right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I've been reciprocated that question nine times. I'll tell you what. I'm that guy wow. where if we see each other on the street. <laughs> what, are, like, what am I hey. supposed to, what do you want me to say? You just trapped us like that. I, no, no, no. no, no. no. I, I, I have but, a confession but, to make. If, if I'm walking down the street and I see someone that's, that I know and they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, good. And I just keep walking because it's not actually an introduction to a conversation. Hmm. So confession, I'm that guy. <laughs> Wait, what? You're like, you don't reciprocate the question and people ask you how you're doing, essentially. Is what no, I'm saying. like, yeah, good. Sweet, thanks. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> You would be that guy if there was a guy. There, that I no, knew but there's that would no there's no nuance to the question though, right? Like I, I mean, the, the social norm is to just say good, right? No I one's ever so. like not doing very good, or you know, it's been a tough week, or yeah, you know, I I could be slightly better, or doing amazing, or peachy, right? The the in, like it's like the the social norm is to say good and to, like shut your mouth and keep going. 
when I when I used to work at TD, people would ask me like how my day was going, and to like always throw them off instead of saying good, I would say another day in paradise, and some would pick up that it's ironic, and some would think that I'm just really happy, and the conversation would go either way, and it'll always be fun. So I uh, I used to <laughs> any, every time I walked into the paint store, uh, they'd say how are you doing, I say oh you know, oh you know, <laughs> oh you know. You know the answer. And you would say that every time. Every yeah. time. Well, Austin, that how about you, or... man? What, what's new with you? You know. Oh, you know. Another day, another dollar twenty-five. Finally, you asked. I have so much to tell you. It's been like six months. I have all this stuff written down. <laughs> uh, well, back in the week of January 18th, I had the cold. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I guess... For me, uh, right now, I'm just really excited. I'm finishing up my last master's course this week and uh, finishing up a final project for it and have to present it on Thursday this week. And then I'm done. Done all my courses for this master's degree, which is so, so exciting. I am just ready to be done with school. I'm also excited to complete the, the program. And then I just have to defend my thesis in like the late summer, early fall. So I have the summer to work on it. But it's not like I'm in school anymore, really. Uh, it's kind of just like a 10 to 15 hour a week job. And other than that, uh, gearing up, doing a lot of uh, lot of sales, a lot of calling, so much demand in the market. Uh, super excited with all the projects we're going to get done this year. And it's golf season. We got an early golf season for all the golfers listening to the podcast. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you ever want a lesson on shooting a 90, I'm your guy. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's great to be, I, I, I can't get enough of this early spring. Like I know it's hitting Ontario. Is it hitting British Columbia? Yeah. Like it was, <clears throat> it was 26 degrees on Saturday. Okay. Well, I mean, let's settle down here. I mean, we're not, well, I mean, we're not 26 degrees out in BC, but you know, it's like a nice 15 degree weather out here. I did. I had six estimates on Saturday. And uh, I literally experienced three seasons in, in, in one day. It was like one it degree. It did snow out here too, like on, on yeah. uh, Saturday. It was like one degree and then it was like eight degrees and it was 26 by the time I wrapped up. So anyway, um, I'm just, I'm chipper. I, I definitely am somebody whose uh, mood, I guess you could say, maybe not mood, but maybe even like demeanor possibly is is impacted by the weather or, or like the seasons i don't know sounds a bit sounds a bit strange but I, I definitely see myself as like if it's an early spring like i'm excited are you guys like that at all mm, i like when it rains that's pretty much it okay <laughs> so no <laughs> so you're that's the opposite <laughs> you, yeah. you probably like 40 degree uh negative 40 in the winter yeah it's pretty cool about that you know john i imagine no i i would guess that like weather and seasons don't really play a role for you in in your day-to-day like excitement or energy well no but (laughs) do do, 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 does your like do you actually find that your mood why are we talking no, about the weather? No, I, 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 you got laughing again, and then I also reminded me of we should get John to explain his process for going on YouTube on the podcast. 
So before the There's podcast, John was telling us. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, John. Well, I let's say, say I send you uh, a YouTube link. I email you like, "Yo, check out check out this sick like cat video." Like, what happens next? No, here's what's here's actually the interesting thing. So it's like the the process for me to like to, like or the the path that actually to get to where I am now, like to where I just can't access YouTube, has been like a game of like self deception to the max. Like as in, it's like been like me versus like a weaker version of myself for like. Mm-hmm maybe like a year, I don't know, something like that. Um, so like I used to watch a lot of YouTube, then I like cut it out cold turkey and like, you know, for maybe a month it was fine. But then of course, you you know, you you like find a read, like, well, this one's educational. And then, you know, it's a slippery slope and so you get back into it. So then I went down the whole route of like, okay, well, I'll just set up like a, like a time restriction. So like one hour a day. But then like, I was like, you know, figuring out ways of extending that, like realizing that like you could extend the time limit. So then I had to make it so you couldn't extend the time limit. And then after extending the time limit or making it so you couldn't extend the time limit, I'd still, you know, then like, you know, watch maybe an hour on my phone, but then like watch an hour on my laptops and it would be like two hours. So then I had to like block it out of my phone and only have it on my laptop. And then, and then on my laptop, you know, I'd watch it for an hour, but then I realized that if you click on, if you have multiple pages open, you can have like multiple videos and then it only actually blocks you once the video is done. So then you can, what you can do is like preload a bunch of videos and then watch them all even after so you can like, you can squeeze in like two hours. Uh... So then I had to like make it so that I only had like, one, like maybe two minutes of YouTube. So I'd have enough time to find like a video or two. And then I could like, then watch that video and that's it. But then of course that was all on Google Chrome. Couldn't use my phone. Then I found Safari, which had no restrictions. So then naturally I slipped back into just watching YouTube on Safari. Then I found LeechBot. Point being, like, it's like this constant, like, rat and mouse game of, like, closing all the, like, little holes that, like, my like, yes. weaker version of me finds within my life. Of, like, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so just shows that, you know, you, you just got to, like, you know. Anyway, so point being, so now my current setup, okay, is that if I want to access YouTube, I have to, I have this thing called leech block. I have to uh, click, okay, allow YouTube video and then, or allow YouTube. And then exactly five minutes later, I get an email with a, a randomly generated 132 digit code. Okay. <laughs> um, Safari is not, it does not work period. I just disabled it from my laptop. Phone does not allow YouTube period. So this is only on Google Chrome on my laptop. Then I have to wait for this code to come in. It's not copy and pasteable. So you have to like actually sit there and like, you know, type in all 132 digits and like they're like random like digits as well. So it's like a really kind of laborious process. Then I click in and I have like, I think a minute or two before it like just ends the YouTube. However, it you can, if you click on a video, you can watch until the end of the video, but then once the video ends, then it blocks you out. So you basically have to like already know what video you want to watch type it in, find it, watch it, done. And then, and then I have, I only do that once a month. <laughs> Just insanity. So you have to I pick like it. a, like if you pick a two minute video to watch, you're done. No, 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 no. Like if you click on like a 15 minute video, it would let you watch to the end. No, that's what I'm saying. Would, but it would only let you watch the two minute video as well. And then it would also block yes, you. Correct. Yeah, correct. What, what if you misclick on like a seven second video? Well, no, Doesn't then you matter. can just click on another video. You have two minutes. Point, I, I, point, I don't watch mm. YouTube anymore. I mean, point being, okay. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not going for that. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm curious <laughs> how to break month. it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that I'll find a way to breaking it. So John got, <laughs> John got Amber and I laughing pretty hard because of 
what he the process he had in place to n- have him not watch youtube i found it pretty impressive it's pretty inc- it's pretty interesting how like well actually hold on this actually ties into our next topic that, that we mm-hmm. talk about so like it's interesting how like it um like you're like the discipline and like the uh, routines are constantly like in the state of like if you're not like like super like iron like like rigid it like seems like it's just constantly decaying it's like it's like re- like re- like reverting to like this like weak state and i don't know why i wonder why it's like the norm or like why like well maybe amber you can comment on this why is it that like things decay down to like the weaker version it's it's weird it's like the it's like a second law of thermodynamics it's entropy like we've talked about before um if energy has the opportunity to spread it will so if you put like an ice cube and a warm cup of water if it has the opportunity to spread and to because you know there's a something called in an ice cube um there's a certain type of energy that holds it together and then if it's if it's easier for it to spread that energy then it will if it's easier for you to sit at your couch versus to go on a run, you're most likely, over a long period of time, if you don't have the habits, you'll most likely rather sit on a couch. So it's just like a th- law of nature. It's pretty pretty crazy. What are your thoughts on that? I definitely see it present with my with with me personally and in many ways Amber and I have spoke about this like back at the beginning of the year and I don't know I feel like you can feel when when you're aware of what entropy is you can kind of feel it, it, it this sounds like a really weird comparison but it, it kind of makes me think of like that venom suit in in Spider-Man how like it's literally attracted to him this like this dark venomous suit and it makes him like pretty cool so there's like that threat of like taking it easy um but it, it's it's there's like a magnetic force between him and this suit or like the fibers it's made out of and ultimately it ends up leading to like a huge error that he made right like it's a terrible thing to have um uh, but it's just kind of like that constant reminder that like all of these leeches are kind of always attaching to you that are kind of threatening you to take it a little bit easier. And, you know, for example, like I had a perfect example of it this week. Mark and I, who I co-own the business with, we have like this master Excel to-do list sheet that essentially anytime I have something that I need Mark to do, I just enter it into the sheet. Anytime he has something for me to do, he enters into the sheet. It's pretty pretty good system because we don't end up texting each other stuff to do because it's actually a pretty messy system otherwise right but it actually forces us to open up google sheets on our phone or to go on our computer to tell each other what to do or to what we need of each other rather um and that itself was threatened so much this week because we had this like super big time sensitive project ongoing and it was just going to be so much easier just to like call or text or it's like, no, you, you just got to put it in the sheet. Like there's no if, ands or buts. Cause if we step out of it, it just doesn't work. Cause if it's not, if a hundred percent of the stuff isn't going into that sheet, we might as well not use it. But, and then he called me and asked me a bunch of questions and I called him and asked him a bunch of questions and it just wasn't working. 
And I was like, damn, that's entropy, right? Like, that's it. Because it's like, that's the threat that that system that we came up with will naturally decay if, like, that's its tendency. It will, we will be presented with opportunities like that every week, every month for the rest of the year. And entropy is that law that we are threatened with of like, oh, no, 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 it just makes more sense to text. Oh, no, no, it just makes more sense to call. It's like, no, that that's it, right? So kind of just being aware of it's pretty interesting. Yeah, you keep we, we keep forgetting like energy is what allows us to focus. It's what allows us to take actions. So the more focused your energy is to something, the more likely that it's going to have that urge to spread. The, the best uh, analogy I was able to come up with is like, uh, you know, everybody wants the nice things in life. You know, everybody wants the ice cream cone. But if you just have an ice cream cone and you just hold it and there's no energy being spent on it, like if you put it in a refrigerator, it just melts. So everything nice that you want, you need to put en- energy into it. Otherwise, it just melts, melts away and becomes useless to you. Um and yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And the the solution that I found to that is two two of them. One is integrity, you know, just being in integrity, maintaining our commitment. And two is having big goals. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, let's say your goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars this year. Well, if we take about take into account entropy and the fact that you're a human being it's almost going to be impossible for you to be 100% in integrity. So it's predictable that you might hit like 85% or 90% of your goal. So you end up making 90 grand this year instead of 100. So a good solution to that would be just to start with a bigger goal because you are taking account in entropy. So if you set your goal to 150,000 and you were susceptible to entropy and lack of integrity, um, to still make a hundred thousand, you'd have to be sixty-five percent efficient, sixty-six percent efficient. So you're putting the odds in your favor. It's actually one of the reasons why I like setting big goals in my business and why I did that in my painting business, because I just knew most people don't hit their goals; they hit like ninety percent of their goals. And I always wanted to make as much money as humanly possible, so I would just set big goals because at worst, I'd still exceed if I was to set a normal goal. So you. There's like ways and hacks around it. But uh, the best one is, is probably just integrity. And the better you are at keeping your word, I mean, you can pretty much have anything you want. It's pretty crazy. It just, uh, just takes time. That's the biggest currency. So that's what I discovered with entropy. Um, and yeah, there might be another word for it, but that's the best word I've found for it so far. Well, it's kind of interesting if you think about it too, because if you're in a state of entropy, like as in you're allowing things to decay, time is not on your side because as time progresses, you know, things are decaying, okay? But if you're in a state of, um, you know, growing, time is actually on your side because as time progresses, you're improving, you're getting better, right? So it's kind of interesting, like how your habits, like if you have positive habits, right, you're growing, Time is on your side. If you are, you know, you have, let's say, good habits in that case. If you have negative habits, time is no longer on your side. So interesting how entropy, uh, its relationship with time in that sense. 
Yeah, like it's uh, there's that cliche saying: you're either growing or you're dying. It's just yeah. A, I think that's just a pure fact. Um, so I, there's actually a word for how we think about entropy, hmm. and it's called a mental model. And I discovered this. You guys are gonna love this, man. So a mental model is is just as it sounds, I'm going to pull up my notes here because I wanted to actually share this and discuss it through. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlie Munger and Charlie, uh, Charlie's Almanac refers to a lattice work of about 100 mental models that he and Warren Buffett credit for their successful investing. And Munger points out that if you don't master the multidisciplinary approach of such mental constructs, you will remain in the middle ranks or shallows of life. So what are some examples of these mental models? Well, you guys are going to absolutely love this because when I found this list, man. So doesn't he have like uh, 23 of them that he like gave a speech for at like UCLA or something like that? I, I think so. But he, here's, yeah. here's one of them. One of them is like attribution theory. Okay. And it's cause theory or explanation theory. Um, and it centers around the cause or explanation of why something happens. Mm-hmm. So it's one's ability to be able to understand the difference between causation and correlation. If you're really good in your business to figure out why something happens and the actual reason behind it, um, that's a mental model that can help you really succeed. So let's say, for example, like you hire a web designer to build you like a, a new home page. And, you know, your users consider it to be awesome, right? If they attribute it to their own brilliance, then that's internal attribution. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, oh, my God, like I'm such a, an amazing person for knowing to hire this web designer, right? But on the other hand, let's say the person you hired creates a website that gets a lot of negative reviews. Like, oh, we hate this website. Then what ends up happening is... Uh, you know, you might say, oh, man, like, I didn't have enough time to mm-hmm. to find the right person or I just I just didn't have what it takes. So that's like external attribution. Uh, interesting. So, so most people take credit internally for positive results and usually place blame externally for poor results. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting is uh, Robert Greene in his book, Laws of Human Nature, actually talks about that and... Uh, exactly that but he but he actually makes a slight distinction between the masculine and feminine um ways of of attributing success and failure so the masculine way of of uh, the masculine way would be to um anytime there's a success it's you you internalize it but when there's a failure you externalize it and the feminine is the opposite so if there's ever success you're like oh it's because the people around me Whereas when there's a failure, you take it internally. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So he even goes a step further to kind of explain the difference between the masculine and feminine version of that, right? So it's not it's not that. And, and by the way, it's not that men and fe- it's not man male female. It's masculine feminine. So like I tend to be very feminine when it comes to success. Whereas you know, there's some people with my business, for example, that are very masculine with the way they handle success and failure. Yeah. So that's like an, what John's what what you're describing John is is going a step further with a mental model, which is Yes, like it's it's cool. like it's but like it's, nuance, yeah. Yeah. But like you might be wondering, well, well how is this important for business? Um so 
this is pretty important for business. I'll give you another example. So you want to try to avoid, for example, hiring people who take credit when projects succeed. So if you talk to a painter mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, how did this project go? And be like, and it went really well and be like, oh man, like I was just super focused. I went up on this ladder and I, I made this maneuver and I was so focused and um, I really made, made out, you know, went out of my way to, to make sure that the project goes well, right? But then they start pointing the fingers at others when projects don't go well. Be like, oh, John, like you didn't give us the right production planner. We didn't have the right paint or... Yeah, you know, the other guy on the crew, Bob here, like this guy was just schmoozing on on, on the iPhone mm-hmm. with this girl. Like, <laughs> so that's like an example of why uh, attribution theory would be but very, is, hold on, very just important. A, but is that not just uh, simply interacting with someone who, you know, as Robert Greene would say, would have a masculine way of like, it's not like, it's not that you wouldn't want to hire that person per se, because they're, they're just a masculine individual. Uh, well, how does it masculinity to me that masculine, coincide with uh, well, the well, fundamental? Okay, it sounds to me like masculine in this example means not a team player and prefers to work alone. No, because no, because it, it's not. It's not that it's not that they prefer to work alone. It's just that it, it's it's a masculine way of handling success and failure. According, to, at least, is according to Robert Greene that you would internalize the success but externalize the failure, whereas the feminine would would internalize yeah. the failure and externalize. So it's more or less just like a, a characteristic of human nature. It's not actually something you know what's funny. Eliminate. You know what we're, we're rubbing up against right now, John, is because um, we, we consume so much content around different things that... A lot of overlap? There, there might be some overlap, overlap and, and even um, like opposite viewpoints because it seems to like... Because Charlie Munger would say... That's a like he would he would agree with with my statement and be like oh I don't know if that's wa- the case. Well, oh. so okay, so hold on. <clears throat> I mean, I've I've read the I've read the speech that you're referring to like several times, and I didn't I didn't really t- I mean maybe I missed, but like I have it right next to me. Actually. Like I actually so, have it book like literally it's bookmarked. Like I'm not kidding. Yeah, like, no, I've read it. I believe. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, so like I'm not like I'm not kidding. Like I've read the speech. John's and I, I didn't really take that. Well, I know, but I just, I, no, like, I, I just happen to like, yeah, be yeah. a super huge idol. So you actually believe Robert Greene and Charlie Munger are saying the same thing? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I think that, um, like, well, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely do. And here's why, actually, because um, a lot of what uh, Robert Greene has based his, 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 uh, his, because that, that chapter that, that, that was talking about that. Um, was referring to social intelligence and one of the individuals that there's actually kind of an interesting coincidence here but one of the individuals that robert green has based a lot of who he who he views as like one of the pinnacles of social intelligence is benjamin franklin which of course if you know charlie munger benjamin franklin is based i mean literally the charlie's charlie's almanac like poor charlie's almanac is based off of poor richard's almanac which was uh, Benjamin Franklin's, uh, yeah. you know, number one selling book. Like Ben okay, Franklin cool. is 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 Charlie Munger's idol. Like he actually has a bust in his office that's like I think like solid bronze. Of Whoa. so point being, I do think that unless Char- unless Robert has misinterpreted completely the you know the story of of um, Ben Franklin. I don't, I, but I do, I do think they they coexist. Like another mental model, interesting enough, like in, on the same line. Is like the, even just the concept of social intelligence, which I was thinking about this actually the other day, uh, which is that like social intelligence is sort of like the 
like so it's a factor as in you can be less more or less intelligent right okay the same the same way that like uh, agreeableness is a factor okay so you can be more or less agreeable so social intelligence is a factor so the more socially intelligent you are means there's less of a spread so less of a discrepancy between reality and your perceptions of who someone is oh, uh, cool. socially so the more intelligent you are the more those are in a line okay mm. and the least the uh, the the less socially intelligent you are the more as robert green would say the more naive you are yeah and so ben franklin was someone who's incredibly socially intelligent because he was able to read people not only from a uh, an individualistic standpoint but also just from a broad is, as in, in Charlie Munger would say, this is a lattice work, able to look not only on the individual level, okay, but also on the on just a general, more ar- overarching um, uh, human nature pattern standpoint, okay, so like specific and general, and pinpoint who they are and how to actually interact with that individual. Mm. That's pretty cool, man. So that's that's like one mental model. Of, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 of, right. Of, of many, and I was hoping to go through a couple of these and just, you know, get. Uh, just one yeah, thing awesome. I wanted to add about the attribution is uh, in psychology, um, we learn about something called the fundamental attribution error, and that's exactly what that is. It's the tendency to internalize positive, uh, positive outcome and externalize negative outcome. So, if uh, if I'm late for work, it's like, oh no, 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 it's. It's totally not my fault of the bus, but if my coworkers are late for work, it's that they're a lazy piece of swine, right? Because it's their fault. Um, and the way we learn about it, uh, or at least the way I learned about it in class, was that it's not something that you can avoid. Like this is actually something that you're hardwired to think for protective instinct. So it's like it's not necessarily something that like. So I get what you're saying, Amber. When people overexert that, like it actually becomes a deficiency in the way they act in a team, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah. you can't actually cut off that neural network of actually thinking that, because I do the same thing, right? Well, just to clarify though, I I, I think that um, as it's an a pattern of human nature, but it's not the default. As in, I think that there is mm. like, like like in the same way that like everyone's narcissistic. But oh yeah, a difference yeah. Between a deep yeah. narcissist and just a general level of narcissism, right? So. Yeah. It, yeah, that's actually a good question. I can't actually answer that. I don't know if it's the default. I I, I would actually, well, I would actually just, sway well, towards on, it being a default. No, but 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 the reason why it's not a default is because there's also the reverse. There is people who are very feminine, like like myself. Like I am someone who definitely, when I succeed, I'm never like it's because I'm the fucking man. I just it it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I can. When I fail. That. I'm always taking it internally. I always. completely fact, it's like identify the, with the that. The biggest burden that I have is the oh, fact that I internalize my failures so deeply that if I ever fuck up, it's like I just take it so. So there's a there's a consequence to both. Like yeah, I agree the, with uh, you. The, the advantage to being masculine is that you can sort of have a short memory, right? Because like I would imagine that uh, golfers would make a pretty good masculine energy because they like if they have a bad shot, they're like ah oh, fuck it, who cares? It's just the wind. Right, they can like they can just move on. Whereas like <laughs> someone who like is very feminine yeah, yeah, might yeah. take it too internally, and they might get Fuck, in their head a little right. bit too much. Right? Right, right, I don't know. Right. I'm just I don't know. Golf no, that dude, well. that's spot on. That's spot on. Yeah. So that there beautiful. is there is both, right? So, but but interesting enough, uh, the, the, you brought up an interesting point there though, because you said how like there's no avoiding it, mm-hmm. and that's the that's actually the funniest thing about human nature is that 
uh, and this is this is sort of attribution theory to some degree, is that this I think is the default that everyone denies that they participate <laughs> in it. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's Whoa. the default, right? Everyone will deny that they're one or the other. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm. I, That's no, actually I'm another. Me. It's like another layer of the inception of fundamental attribution <laughs> theory. It's like, no, yeah, no, no, it's only yeah. you, not me, because it's an internal thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, that's insane. That's well, pretty actually, crazy. That's interesting enough, that was actually the 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 core part of Robert Greene's Laws of Human Nature book, which is just, in my opinion, just an absolute masterpiece of a book. But that was like his like first point, which in every chapter he brings it up that like, and a real world application of this is everyone denies it. Yeah, everyone denies the, human nature. The real world expression of the fundamental attribution theory what way has it expressed itself in the last year covid protocols how many people think that covid protocols don't apply to them but they apply to other people like i can go see my parents because xyz but you shouldn't leave your house why are there so many people on the road wait but you're on the road right like what why is that so so it's like this is such an imperfect example of of how can i internalize the rewards externalize the failures like it's so interesting how you're out driving like in quebec for example there's a curfew now with covid so there's a hard 8 p.m curfew we've had it for months and the roads are actually still quite busy after 8 p.m and if you're ever caught out past 8 p.m they don't actually enforce it like police will chase you and pull you over if you're out past 8 p.m but if you do something else in addition, like if you're speeding past 8 p.m., then they're going to pull you over and be like, hey, why are you up past 8 p.m.? And if you don't have like an employer's note or something like that, you're going to get a $1,000 fine. But it's funny how just driving around, you're looking at other people being like, the fuck are you, you know, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing out here? It's like, you're you're doing the same thing, dude. Like, but there's no, you don't audit yourself the same way you're looking at other people. That's there, it. That, this reminds me of uh, like, I, I was in a grocery store a couple months ago. And there was like an aisle that was closed, and it was <laughs> yeah, like people just walk through it. No, 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 no. It was even better than that. There was a sign, and it said, "Aisle is closed. Please do not enter." And yes, that means you too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Whoa, that's too that's like you. So like Whoever wrote key, that note. Lo, lo, yeah, low key, someone at uh, Independent Grocers in Kelowna, BC, knows the laws of human nature. <laughs> man that's crazy that's isn't that like great. the best isn't that the best yeah 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 cool so, so uh here's yeah. a here's another mental model that i yeah, really please, liked please. and it's called the mental model of auto catalysts catalysis what uh it's also called self-breeding or evergreen model so so this an example of this it's a business tool, and it originates in chemistry. Um, and here's the official definition of it. So, in the autocatalysis process, I think I'm, I'm, I might be misspelling this. Hold on. I'm going to go to pronouns on Google. Well, just, just what is it? I mean, I, I, we, we get an evergreen model. Okay, the evergreen model. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so in the evergreen model, uh, process properties, events, or products serve as their own catalysts and are self-breeding. For example, 
the self-stimulated increase in the demand for air conditioning, hence the self-stimulated increase in the demand for air conditioners. So what does that mean? So here's an example. Uh, Disney's content, the content that Disney produces, is an example of this evergreen model. Hmm. Um, is, uh, Disney, like fly, is it like the flywheel effect? Yeah. No, no, well, here's an example of it. If, Similar. If, if, if I remember correctly, like, uh, is that, um, so of course, if you have cars, you need roads, but then if you have roads, you, there's more cars, and then because there's more cars, you need more roads, and then, of course, it's just self-perpetuating. Something right. like that. Exactly. So I'll give a couple examples from, that, right? from, from Coke and, 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 and uh, Disney. So Disney is an amazing example of this evergreen model. They had all those movies in the can. So they owned the copyright while the video cassette was invented. Disney didn't have to invent anything or do anything except take the thing out of the can and stick it onto the cassette. So they had all this content that they like filmed and like would, would mm -hmm. show... But then when the cassette was invented, that was like another medium that they can take advantage of mm -hmm. and have that oh, and just put it anymore. on there. Um, so, for example, another example is Coke. So uh, when refrigeration came along, um, that was another catalyst for Coke to sell more soda without having to invent anything new. So the same could be said when like aluminum cans or plastic bottles came along and Coke could sell through these new catalysts. So if they made a paint that was just as good for vinyl and I would be able to go sell a bunch of, cause like I, I get like 10 vinyl full exterior requests every year and I can't do them cause we don't guarantee them. It, yo, that's it. Yeah. So, that's so if it. somebody invented a vinyl paint that works, then that would be the evergreen effect for, for me. For a, for a painting business. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Cause you can sell more work without having to do anything And then I would extra. have to go hire more employees and then they have to make more paint. Because no, I'm no, selling that's, it. That's, that, that's flywheel. That's a flywheel. Oh, okay. We're just that's talking where I'm about getting that. confused. So w what's the initial step that's evergreen it's like but a, not flywheel? The, the catalyst is like an extra vehicle that a business can take to generate more profits. Oh, so like okay, okay, Coke, sure. yeah, yeah. refrigeration was just an extra vehicle got it, got it. for them to make money. Like the cassette tape was an extra vehicle for Disney to, to pump out okay. content. Um, is it evergreen we, effect because it's like a different branch? Is that what? It's also called self-breeding. Because you can just like, mm. yeah, it's like a, it's like a branch. Essentially, um, there's one, there's one core brand that's constantly just spitting off different. So how does this relate back revenue? to entropy? This and self uh, fundamental attribution. No, it, it's not. It's entropy is a mental model. This is just a whole different mental model. But got um, it, got it, got it, got it. And then, it, and then, and then, and then, where it would tie in is lattice work would be. Here's an example of um, a business at one point is uh, Xerox. Xerox was self-perpetuating, or sorry, uh, was an evergreen at one point because, of course, uh, when when businesses need printing, they 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 had a big printer. But then, of course, when when people needed it personally, then then Xerox had the the Xerox personal version, right? But there's also entropy because that was a bit dying business as well, and so yeah. Xerox is no longer around. So that's where the lattice they, that that um, that Charlie Munger is talking about is that all of these things are all intertwined. Yeah, and he actually quite he um, Charlie Munger always quotes this guy. I think his name's Michael Muir, and he talks about how if you try and pull one thing, everything comes with it. Yes, right. How everything's interconnected, and you want to try and make the links between all these different mental mental models and tie them together and understand. Okay, well, how are these all connected? Right. Yeah, Austin. The best way to explain lattice work is is like a uh, like the a magical pair of like glasses. If you were to put on, you can see the truth. But if you're missing like 
one part of it, then you're basically colorblind. Like, let's say, like, I can see all colors except yellow. Well, you actually don't, like, you, you, you don't see, see the, the full, full picture. Spectrum. You're colorblind. Yeah. So the more mental models you're adding to this lattice, the better your vision can be for businesses and your own and, hmm. you know, better way to run your life because yeah. you can see more of the picture. It's a way of recognizing patterns and and exactly so that's the that's the evergreen and this is the final example about actually munger talked about this um, on why we need bank bailouts and this was around 2010 so this is the quote there have been bank problems in the past why did we need bailouts this time this time was far worse than any other time in modern history it was like uh it was like the autocatalyst in chemistry it's the evergreen it just started feeding on itself like pins going down Boom, boom, boom. The government's reaction was a credit to democracy and capitalism. We had wonderful leadership and I'm quite grateful. The problem was just god-awful. It was out of control. So it evergreened and self-breathed the other way, is what he's saying in that in that quote. It's like an autocatalyst in chemistry. Yeah, I don't so, quite understand the evergreen. Like, it, it seems like I, I sometimes I, I feel like I understand it and now I, now I don't. <laughs> Okay, here, let me look up just the actual definition. So an autocatalyst in chemistry means a catalyst of a reaction by one of its products. And it, let's define catalyst. Oh, okay. Okay, so that, that, now, that now makes sense. Okay, like, so for example, um, there's, a, there's a wood company in, in, in BC. I think it's actually out in Ontario as well called uh, uh, Warehouser. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, one of the byproducts uh, of them doing logging and bringing all the logs is that some of the logs aren't high enough grade to actually make into lumber. And then, mm -hmm. of course, that becomes firewood. Okay. Yes. And then when they cut up the firewood, okay, so they sell the firewood to someone else. Now, when that person cuts up the firewood, okay, the firewood produces tons and tons of sawdust. So does the other lumber, but the firewood tons, tons and tons of sawdust. But the firewood companies then use all of that sawdust as bedding for cats. Mm. And and on top of it, <laughs> any of the ex excess sawdust as well can also be used to make OSB board, like, you know, things like that, like composite materials, and as well as wood pellets. And then, of course, you know, wood pellets then make, you know, ash and then, you know, and so on, right? And so exactly. it's, like, it's, it's self-perpetuating. Like, so it, it just keeps going and going, right? So that's yeah. like a positive thing. Now, now, how would how would that make sense in the banking industry? So imagine the same example. You know, they're doing the lumber, then to firewood, and then the firewood they you know it gets oh, into you're like, get uh, me on my, uh, like sawdust. Imagine if that company just didn't do anything with that sawdust and just stored it in a warehouse. Okay. Well, no, just... I mean even even more simple. Like let's say uh, Amory, you bo borrowed a thousand dollars from Austin. Okay. And then I borrowed a thousand dollars from you, okay. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, I so I blew the thousand dollars. All of a sudden, now Austin needs his thousand dollars. So then you're Everything like, collapses. oh, I need my thousand yeah, dollars yeah, back. Yeah. And then you call me up, and then I mean, now you could now you could make the, the chain longer. And then I, fucking, I don't have any money, right? So then now, so then now, of course, I have to default on your loan, which then causes you to default on him on his loan and then now yeah. austin can't you know pay his employees and then you know in it and then you know his employees quit and that that's you know etc yeah. yeah yeah exactly I, I think that's a bit more like complicated of an example where i was going with mine was like in that with the firewood example let's say that same company just didn't reuse that the sawdust stored it in a warehouse 
And then over the years, it was just being filled with sawdust that wasn't properly taken care of, and it just burns down. And like the insurance claim on that warehouse was so big that the company had to declare bankruptcy because it caused so much tremendous like damage to the neighborhood and whatever because they had no good use for that, you know, that byproduct. And that's and that's what happened in banking. There was that byproduct of like okay, interest and leverage. That was the that was the byproduct: leverage, leverage, leverage. And instead of you, you know, having a healthy dose of leverage, you just kept leveraging, leveraging, putting sawdust in the warehouse, and then one day it just exploded, and they owed a whole bunch of people money. It was time to pay, and it was too late. So sure. that's the auto catalyst self-breeding evergreen mental model. And I like these mental mm. models. Let's let's actually. I want to turn it to you guys and think in your business. Try and think right now. Take a second. This might not be easy. I don't think this will be easy. I'll try to think with you. Mm-hmm. Where. Where does in our business and actually I actually know one that I spotted right away, but I'll let you guys make one first, mm-hmm. um, it, it, or I can go first. That your business produces a, a negative auto catalyst within your business. Um, while you guys are thinking, I'll give my example. Um, if you're doing decks and fences and tons of them, an auto catalyst of that business is that you produce well, a lot of oil rags, and if you don't maintain and have a healthy way to take care of these oil rags. You might end up causing a fire, which yeah. might end up causing your business to shut down. Well, if I mean a negative catalyst of your business, if you're not doing good work and proper prep, is that you have tons of warranty claims, and of course, warranty claims will bankrupt you if you just have too many. There, right? That's another good. But one. I would say that's, that's actually not a good one because the assumption is that you're doing everything right and you still have a negative extension via the evergreen effect. Right? No, no, no. I said if you weren't doing good. No, that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. I obviously, if you weren't doing good work, there would be an expected negative repercussion. But what Amher's saying is you could be doing like five-star jobs. Like you could do like 45 decks. Your clients are ecstatic with you. It's all great. You're, you're doing your job. But because of the volume, you're exposing yourself to liability with disposal, right? Do you see what I mean? Like there's a difference there. Whereas you're saying, okay, well, if you do three-star work, you get bad reviews. It's like, well, yes, but I don't think that's the evergreen effect. Yeah, like so if, if you're running a shitty business... Warranty claims right. become a, a yeah, negative. Fair enough, but that's like a very that, that's like a linear effect that you would expect almost. It, it might, do you get, my do you my get question, John, in a good business, yeah, exactly. what, what evergreen effects can you see? The one I saw was the use of yeah. oil rags. Yeah. Well, you said negative, but I mean a positive one would be. I mean, the well, a negative impact positive of a positive action. Yeah, I don't think you understood me, John. In your business, you're doing mostly everything correctly. While still doing that, your business produces certain things within it. And some are yeah. mostly good, but there's some that are that may not be as good. So what can you think? Because again, a catalyst is the process. It, it's 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 the, the definition of a catalyst is the process of increasing the rate of a chemical reaction by by adding a substance known as a catalyst. So it's, it's well, uh, one one one. Cons- I mean, again, I don't I, I don't know where this is going to lead, but paperwork. I mean, it is crazy as my business has scaled up, just how <laughs> much paper is involved. Yes. Like, receipts like just i mean like even just bundles and bundles of 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 agreements you know uh daily production planners like there's just so much paper involved Amber, would a company that is involved in carbon emissions output as a as a as like for example if i had (gasps) if i had eight thousand people working for me and they all need to drive to work every day yeah exactly for paint they have the environmental cleanup after after done like there's a there's a mine for titanium for to get paint 
No, um, no, but I mean, there's a mill in town, for example, okay? And they were operating this mill in, you know, it's kind of like, it was strange. It was like kind of like on the north end, but basically downtown Kelowna, but like just off the north end of downtown. And they'd operate this mill for like 60 years or 80 years or something crazy like that. And so finally they ripped this mill out because the land increased in value such that it, it just no longer made sense to operate the mill. It was just better off. It's like worth like $50 million now. It's better off just selling it to some developer. But now they're having to go back and spend millions of dollars on environmental work to like, you know, basically re- rehabilitate or I guess, I don't even know what, I guess, mediate the ground mm-hmm. um, at this point. But like, that's just a con that's like, that only happened because they were operating their business in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't honestly think of one off the top of my head other than, um, <laughs> so other than the fact that this is actually kind of funny, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of bugs, um, the more houses I paint, the more bugs and, and like micro wildlife get caught in the paint and, and I'm causing a negative environmental impact by that. <laughs> right. So if I painted a ton of, like if I painted 16 times more houses, <laughs> but I, I mean that like jokingly, but also like seriously, because like that actually happens at a rate that we don't even know. Right. Like little like ants will crawl up the wall, dry into the paint. Nobody knows it and it just dies. Right. So, mm. um, there there's all of that going on um and who knows like maybe maybe a, a bird comes along and licks the stain as it's drying and it dies like i don't know right like that that's that's that that could be yeah i know but be. i'm just i'm not yeah that like that's a huge stretch right I'm, I'm kind of joking but but that is an example of the self-catalyst or whatever Correct. yeah yeah the, the, I guess the, the, I guess the key is that the byproduct has to be a catalyst for something else. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Like word for word, it's it like an auto like that catalyst system, the evergreen self breeding mm-hmm. system, will produce the inputs needed for the next cycle as a byproduct of the previous cycle. I guess Facebook, in a sense, has t- totally been a part of the evergreen, um, you know, yeah. model. Uh, but in, 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 in at least in Facebook's way, a positive way. I mean, for society, you could argue maybe a negative way. But of course, as one person gets on Facebook, right, that's a catalyst for now another one of their friends to get it. Like it's almost like a referral effect, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that's it, it, it's very similar. Of someone posting and using Facebook is that it then becomes more valuable to other people, and because it's more valuable, more people use it. But then it's very similar to a flywheel. It, yeah. Very it's very, very similar. similar. Very similar. Oh man. Okay. Cool. Um, I like that. Yeah, the the next one, the next couple ones we were, I think we're pretty good at. So there's okay. like a compound interest. I yeah. mean, that's a mental yeah. model that, you know, we're. I guess we're pretty. Well- it's interesting because like that one is something that's so mind blowing to me. Like I was, so I was talking with a buddy of mine actually last night, and we we were talking about the difference between being incorporated and not being incorporated. And I was trying to explain to him that one of the main advantages, if you are looking at you know investing you know, through a corporation is that you're essentially like, I, I try I use the example of like, you know, in, in, in my mental model, I'm using compound interest, right? Here's one of the mental models, right? So um, if, if you have two investment funds and one's uh, front end load is 37% and one's 11%, all things being equal, which one are you going to invest in? Of course, you'd invest in one of them with a lower cost, right? Well, if you're making over $100,000 a year, the government essentially is charging you 37% upfront. And if you're incorporated, they're only charging you 11% upfront. So that's your now your capital to invest. So of course, 
there's 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 two ways to make more money according to compound interest. How how much you have invested and how long it's invested for, of course, is going to result in a higher number. And I was trying to explain to him because because I, I was trying to say, well, you'd say fifty thousand dollars if you were incorporated versus how you are now. He's like, well, that's not. He's like, that's not that big of a difference. I'm like, what do you mean? Because you know, even at ten percent interest, you know, over like a fifteen year stretch, and you do that for three years, that fifty thousand, fifty thousand, fifty thousand invested is like one point two million dollars difference over like this period of time. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, like that's the power of compound interest. That's actually how much you are foregoing in compound interest. It may seem like fifty thousand dollars today, but you got to remember, it's way more down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Compound so interest. I guess um, I, well, I saw this tweet that said like, "There's nothing more fascinating about the human race's inability to understand exponential growth, or the the, the, yeah. the, the like the, the the law of exponential growth." Or exponential decline, just exponential change is, is really what we can't understand. And I'm going to ask a question that I know likely just to kind of show how we can't pe- understand. No, 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 it's not the, <laughs> no, 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 it's not the penny one. It's not the penny one. But just don't answer it because I'm sure that just knowing what you've read, John, and knowing, well, I, I would say I'll keep my mouth shut. Give it, it's all good. give it like, give it five seconds of dead air before you answer it so we can actually like get people what is to this? think just about ask it. it. Just ask the damn question. So if I were to um, give you a dollar and it would double every day until it oh. hit $20 million, on what 20 day? Million. Yeah, $20 million. Like until it exceeded $20 million, let's say. So oh, okay. if I were to give you a dollar every day and, and, and it doubled every day, like I, I gave you a dollar and then that amount doubled every day, right? Okay. Um, and and it, we we kept we keep track of it until it hit twenty million dollars. Let's say hypothetically it took like I'm not doing the math here full disclosure, but let's say it took forty five days. On what day would you have exactly half of twenty million? Oh, would it be the day before? Yeah. But a lot of people instantly think, well, what day would you have half the money? And and it's like, it's just like that trickery that your brain kind of initially reacts to. That's kind of like just a small little glimpse at why it's so hard to understand. Dude, that's actually crazy. (laughs) I know. It's a good example. Even if I know the answer, it's still crazy. Yeah, because like. If you make one decision, it's it's usually not until like the eleventh hour at eleven fifty p.m. that you're going to see over fifty percent of the benefit for it. So if I yeah. invested like let's say I invested five thousand dollars in like a super low risk exchange traded fund and and you know like your average run of the mill ETF, but you know, I, I just left it in, and you've heard these examples so many times, right? Like a small amount of money compounded over X amount of years is so is as X and X money, but it's so true, but people just don't go, oh, well, I'd rather just do the 5K a year. Like, cause John, you said 50K a year. Let's dumb that down. Like, let's just take that right back to go like $5,000 a year. Like most people, if they're diligent enough, could afford $5,000 a year to just put aside, but they don't see the benefit of it of of actually putting it aside and letting it grow because they can't actually see the fundamental benefit. It also goes the other way. So like not only is it that people, well, yeah, no, but I was, wait, wait till you, this is a fun one. So not only is it that people, like you're saying, Austin, uh, 
are, are difficult, like the delayed gratification, okay, of like mm-hmm. seeing it grow is like just too much for them. Mm-hmm. It, but also people that are naive to compound interest don't even understand how ludicrous their claims are. So like, this is so good. Like there, there was this guy that I, I saw an ad for that was talking about how he's able to uh, compound his money at 5% per day using Forex trading, which... compounded daily over even just one year of trading would be like 54 million times (laughs) your original investment. So it's so ludicrous because he doesn't understand compound interest. Like to him, that just that that seems like a reasonable claim when in reality, it's like so beyond what's even remotely possible. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I think it took it probably took a lot. it, It probably took a lot for us to realize that but at the same time there's probably things in our lives that we don't realize that we have negative compounding interest well you know, uh one time thing that i think a lot of people neglect yeah. is is their habits like, yeah. so the, like the, the compounding of knowledge the compounding of your, that's why john's got rituals. youtube locked into a yeah you can't get to it well knowledge in of itself is cumulative mm-hmm. like as in the more you read the more it compounds the more it builds on one another right mm-hmm. I had That's a friend over, uh, yeah, yesterday, and he was like, "Man, you should get a TV." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, buddy. Have you read the book? The I went like this. I, by Darren Hardy? I can't. No, uh, I listened to a lot of Darren Hardy, so I probably it's the have most basic it. book ever, but it's so good. It is. It's so, so it's so readable. Like I read half of it in one sitting. It was just like you just fly through it. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah. So that that's complicated. But he talks about that. He talks about how like it, like uh, and of course the names like this book was written so long ago. So I'm sure that but it was like Brad, like Chad and like Scott or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. These three guys and uh, Emery, you'll appreciate this. There's these three guys and and so one like cuts out like you know eating uh you know like cupcakes or something like that like just like one muffin a day or something like that and starts reading one ten pages of a self help book uh, every every day. And then listens to like podcasts rather than music in his car. One guy just, you know, continues living his life just normally. Okay. And then one guy buys a, a flat screen TV um, and, and starts watching like a cooking show or something like that. Right. And it just like shows the trajectory. Like, I mean, obviously this is made up and it's mm-hmm. sort of just ridiculous, but, but he shows the trajectory and he's like, yeah, he's like, like, 31 days out, the guy with the TV, you know, making his cupcakes and eating and having a good time, everything's good, right? The one guy 30 days later, you know, with the self-help books, like, they're all like, oh, that's so useless. Like nothing's changed, right? You're not making any more money, right? You know, even one year out, maybe he's making slightly more money, but still nothing major. The one guy's put on a few pounds, but nothing you can notice. And the one guy's just still kind of right where he is, right? Um, but like, if you fast forward like five, 10, 15 years out, all of a sudden, like 10 years out, one guy, he's now like vice president of the company and the other guy, like, you know, because of the cooking show, he's gained like 33 pounds. And because he's, you know, weighs more, his wife finds him less attractive. And of course, because she finds him less attractive, now there's more passive aggressive aggression there. They get in more fights. Next thing they get a divorce. And then he's, you know, it's like, it's, he like goes down like this well, slippery slope of it. Yeah. And it's also pretty <laughs> believable. All because he bought a TV, right? You know what's funny? The uh, <laughs> no, true. Insane. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? The uh, the the sister of compound interest is integrity. So Ooh, it's uh, the yeah, man. Dirt. It's the I'm telling you. So wow. if you want to fight ent- entropy, I mean, compound interest is a pretty good weapon. 
Isn't that pretty cool? Well, why don't you explain uh, that? So, you know, just, the, you know, think well, about just it. just sticking to the path. Like the guy, like um, at any given point, like, so he's compounding, he's compounding. If you stop for even two years, that will affect yeah. your results dramatically, right? Yeah. Here's an interesting, here's an interesting thing that I actually started thinking about, you know, even many years ago, but it's even so noticeable now. Okay. We actually all had that, that, you know, when you said like, you know, we all kind of go off in our own way that all happened. And we actually all, almost every single Canadian all had that exact same moment where we all branched off. We all graduated high school. I agree. And it's interesting because like, you know, think about like, uh, like 30 days out, a month out, a year out of high school. It's like, you don't notice any different. Like, no, you know, everyone's driving still the same kind of shitty car in high school. The guy who was working at like, you know, still working at a fast food restaurant. Like he's not really much better off than the guy who's in university because the guy in university doesn't know that much more yet, right? But then you compound that out over like four or five years. I mean, I've seen that tremendously. I mean, I've had seven years of compound interest of running, you know, a successful painting business, right? So, you know- You're no longer that one, guy at Wendy's. Well, the, yeah, like the one, well, it's pretty insane. Like the So like the one year out of high school- I wasn't really making, I was probably making just as much as I was when I was in Wendy's, right? You know, like 24 grand a year. But then you compound that out like crazy. And it's just, it's just phenomenal, really. And, and so the spread, the path diverges so much more um, yeah. between individuals. That's why it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know if I've kind of introduced this to, to you guys, but something that I actually look a lot out for, like when I'm like trying to select who I want to be friends with or who I'm interacting with or who I'm bringing in kind of into my life would say is not only do I look at like where they are, like socially, economically, but also their trajectory. Mm. Because I, I wouldn't, because it's not that you want to bring in high quality individuals that are trajectory downwards. That wouldn't be a good idea, right? So you, you look at, you want to look for trajectory. Like are people aiming up towards, you know, where you want to be or where you are, you know, et cetera. Because that's also important as trajectory. Dude, that's so, that's such a nice way to, uh, to put the, these thoughts together. I never thought of it as trajectory, but you're totally right. There's a guy actually that's been working for me for three and a half years now. And, uh, you know, even Jocelyn, and I mentioned this, all, talk about this all the time. It's so cool because like where he started was like so much below, like well below what you, you would think would be workable. But I knew that he, I knew that he had good trajectory. I knew that he was going mm-hmm. up. Like I could see him mm-hmm. making improvements. And finally this year, he finally like got past above average. Wow. But like, I've seen him below average, you know, still below average, still below average, average, average above, you know, and now finally I'm seeing him excel. And it's so cool to see that patience, but like nurturing him and keeping him on that path, you know, over this three and a half years. And it's really cool to see even his life compounding up. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I really like that. It. Th- I think when you meet people and be like, Oh, that man is wise. Is I think it's there. Are, I think wisdom is the understanding of different concepts and ideas and applying them. We just used compound interest to better select our friends in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, how crazy! That's is an that? example of lattice work, right? That's exactly isn't that right. crazy? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So, let's carry forward. I have a I have a whole Hold bunch. On. So, I think so. No, no. Hold on. Can I actually? I, I, please, here's a mental please. model. Okay, here's a mental model for you guys. Discounted cash flow model. Okay, so Warren Buffett uses this to value businesses. 
okay. right? So like um, he argues, and, and actually in Invent and Wander, of course, uh, yes. uh, Jeff Bezos. Bezos talks about how, yeah, how a, a business is, is worth all of the future cash flows the business will ever generate from now until Judgment Day, discounted back to the present based on whatever safe discount rate you What do you mean by so discounted like, back to the present? So, like, like, I'll give you an example. So like, here, here's an example. So like, um, let's say a, a business, business in the next hundred years makes a hundred dollars. What is that discounted today? Well, no, 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 no. It, it's discounted cash flow yearly. So, like, if, if a business uh, five years from now generates a thousand dollars, okay, in free cash flow, discounted back to the present at seven percent, okay, is is only worth I think something like it's like seven hundred bucks. It's like you're you kidding. Subtract it quite a bit. Yeah. So. What? So that's oh. why. No. So here's the here's the interesting thing. So now, I mean, I, this is this is not. I didn't read this anywhere. So this is sort of a, a loose idea. But I was thinking about like, you know, uh, the quality of of an individual is all of the future experiences you'll have with that individual, sort of discounted back to the present, right? So if it's just if you see pain, when like if you meet someone and you, all you see is just a future of negative experiences, it's like it's the present value is just not great right but if you can see like a trajectory upwards right so the the future values of all of the happiness that person will bring to you like discount it back to the present that's when you, when you keep saying way. this i i really want to understand when you say discounted back to the present yeah like what's net, the what, uh, what's the equation it's like net growth comparison it's a comparison no. it's like net so like, growth no, no, no. It's a comparison. So it's like, Ammer, if you have two investments, okay? Uh, sure. So you have an investment, okay? And uh, you want to know how much that investment is worth today, but you know how much it's going to produce later, okay? The only way you'd be able to value it is in comparison to another investment. So if you have a, if you have a very ultra safe investment at 7%, okay? And then you have some business that you know what its future cash flows are going to project, you would want to discount all of its cash flows back to the present using that safe 7% discount rate or whatever your discount rate is because you would want to at least earn 7%. And if it exceeds that 7%, then it's a good investment. Mm -hmm. not, not that it's a good investment. It's just that you know that you it's, are, it's worth more than 7%. It would be comparable. Oh. So if I think like, for example, my business can do a million in 2022... And I discount it back now per month. That's like based that's on like, what your other options are to grow your net the, worth. Yes. Mm, oh, I see. So, the, 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 I mean, just I know that explaining math over a podcast is terrible, but like the, the formula <laughs> for it is like is uh, it's one over uh, the uh, the uh, discount rate. OK, as a, as a positive positive number to the power of whatever year it is. So, like, for example, if, if you wanted to figure out what um, $10,000, okay, let's say 10 years from now is worth today, okay, discounted at 7%, you would go 1.07, okay, to the power of, um, oh, sorry, one divided by 1.07 to the power of 10, which gets you 0.5, okay? So $10,000, 10 years from now, discounted back to the present at 7% is only worth half. Mm. As, in, as in, if you had, Five hundred, um, five thousand dollars, and you invested at seven percent, it'd be worth ten grand ten years from now. Dude, that's crazy. So, like, that's that's a that's a model worth knowing because 
Dude, like, this is should... so useful. If 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 you're like yeah. wondering, oh, should I stay in my job or run my own business? That's a great model. And you can even go the other way. Should I stay in running this business or jump into a job? This is an, 100%. This is the, a great equation. Austin, in, in last time, last yeah, week. Yeah, we should have talked about this with the golden handcuffs. Well, I, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, so like. It's crazy. Well, yes, but like money is not the only factor. But if you were looking at it from a strictly monetary standpoint, like. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Teachers actually have a really good way of knowing about this. So teachers roughly get like a 3% raise every year on average. I think, I think that's what it is, right? So teachers very accurately can predict what they're going to make 10 years from now. So if you had another opportunity that you also could reasonably predict, <laughs> but it's like you're not going to make Dude, money now. So funny that you future, said this. You could just discount the money back. So funny that you said this. I had a client I met this weekend um, and he quit his job as a teacher to go work at Shopify because of that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, because I know what I'm going to make literally for the rest of my life combined. <laughs> and I could, I could... Like it was just not because like in, in Shopify, you get stock stock options and there's all of these benefits. So he's like, it was such an easy decision. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but he was using that without noticing it. But it's like you said, John, teachers just do it without noticing they're doing it because it's very predictable. But where I was trying to apply this. So that's like the money, right? I was trying to, I was trying to somewhat apply this to like happiness in some way of like trying mm. to figure out, okay, like. If I was to spend time with this individual, like what would like the future values of all my happiness be? Discount it back to the present. Because to hang out with one person is to, because it's similar to how an investment is, to invest in one thing is somewhat mm. to not invest in another. Oh. To spend time with one individual is at the cost of another individual. So like mm-hmm. my discount rate is my girlfriend rate. Or sorry, is my girl, I call it the girlfriend rate. Because anytime I'm not spending with Trisha, okay, I'm, or anytime I'm not sorry, I'm spending with someone else is something I could have been spending with Trisha for the most part. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's not a schedule for overlap. So someone would have to, for the most part, generate more future happiness than Trisha in order for me to want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. That's right. a little that bit. Kind of a, well, that's a little bit. Uh, I, I, no, I get what you're I saying. With, I get I what you're that. saying. But I think in that model, then, then Trisha should be the only person you ever hang out with. No, not at all. Because okay. there's a because no because there's diminishing returns. Okay, right? Like that. You gotta like, apply a different I, mental model to to answer that. A question. different mental model because now you. I mean, this is going to get infinitely complex. I mean, I, these are things I. Sit this is down this is the best conversation about. I've ever had but, in like a year. But anyway, so <laughs> this, so, this is the so, best thing I, ever. I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, okay, well, you know, like um, think about it this way, like. Uh, if you're playing a board game, okay, that you really, really enjoy, right? Like, uh, there's a game called Monopoly Go. Have you guys played that before? No. 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 It's like a really fun card game, right? Or, like, you've probably played something, right? Well, you can play that game because it's quick, like, maybe five, ten minutes. You can play it multiple times. Well, eventually, the value of playing that game is less than playing another game. So, you're going to switch games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a different mental model, though. We're talking about diminishing returns, mm-hmm. the law of diminishing returns. Yeah, well, the, 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 so the amount of times you play a game, the, the return on your time in, in, in the form of happiness diminishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you, like, you, really like game, if you really like steak and you eat steak every day, on like the eighth day, you're like, this sucks. Like, give me something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Which like, then another meant, but then, so then, I mean, that we, can, we can keep tying them together. But Ooh. like, so then Robert Green, Robert Green talks about how um, uh, absence creates... Um, like value right and so like it's 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 a it's a pot it's now this is a mental model for seduction right <laughs> because what you can Facts. what you can 
Yeah, right. Because what you can do is you can create um, sort of distance between you and another individual, which can then, build the of course, need. creates more like tension. It creates more like more need, right? Um, you can lavish uh, generously, and then of course retreat. Hmm. Um, you know. Wow. I love this, man. This is so it's much fun. It's fun how they all kind of like intertwine, how they all kind of like mingle to one another, right? And if we yeah. continued to have this conversation for three hours, then it would be the point it of It would just keep returns. leading to different things. It would just keep leading to different yeah. things, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow. So I have here... You ready for this? <laughs> what? 13, 14, 15, 16. I have 16 mental models here. That I would just love to oh, go through. Oh, God, dude. We're going to be here. We're actually going to be here for three hours. <laughs> no, but I'm saying next week, okay, I'd love yeah, to tackle yeah, yeah. like two or three more. Cause, well, dude, let's make this me, like this a recurring so thing fun. here because we got to tackle like one mental model a week or something. Maybe a couple. couple Man, we only I, got I can't, through what? Two or three? There's no uh, way of getting through only one mental model, though, Austin, because yeah. you yeah. get through. Because to talk about one mental model is to like remember, if you pull one thing, mm -hmm. it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Like, you think of it like a, like a, a spider web. It mm -hmm. all comes yes. with, right? That was three mental models that we discussed. And that took it was us, compound that, interest. That took us about 50 minutes, 45 minutes. Autocatalyst and attribution theory. No, it took Those us about an hour, actually. It took us about a clean hour. It felt like five minutes. Yeah. Like, if, you want to hear, like, if you ever want to hear pure gold, you can, I think you can find the audio clip, but you can also just get the poor Charlie's Alamac, which is like one of the best books ever. And you can read... Uh, Charlie Munger's speech on this. I think he goes through 23 of these mental models. 23? Are you sure about that? I think it's something like that, yeah. There's a couple different speeches, but I think there's... Let's see. I can find in the back of this book. Mm. I think I had a bookmark. Yeah, yo, the mental model you used is the scarcity mental model. People are motivated by what they stand to lose if they don't act now. Mm -hmm. that's why the you know qvc like on tv mm -hmm. yeah that's why the qvc countdown clock is so important for sales on television mm. that's why when you log into a website it says you have nine minutes mm -hmm. to make an order if you go on uber eats it says for the zero deliveries zero dollar delivery fee you have nine minutes to make the mm -hmm. order yeah two other people are looking at this product right now yeah Concert wow. tickets. It literally puts wonder, you into like I a consumer decision-making pretzel. I wonder how I can introduce scarcity in my, in my funnel. <laughs> so sick. There's dude. three I other people imagine, looking at this link. I can't, maybe, I don't know, but I can't imagine a world where you, you, where you study these mental bottles and re rehearse them on a weekly basis and you weren't successful. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, or, or you put yourself in a position where you're exercising those muscles. Maybe not like, cause I, cause here's the thing. I actually think that would even, that would be a bit of a fallacy though, Amber, because reading about them doesn't actually give you an insight. No, I said exercising. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. 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 No, no, you're right. Okay. We're not talking about affirmations here. Okay. So relax. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i still read on a daily basis yeah, and has changed my life so. i think that yeah i think i was slightly wrong there's 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 definitely not 23 because i there's there's two speeches he gave um there's a, a lesson on elementary worldly wisdom and then there's also a lesson on elementary worldly wisdom revisited 
that he gave. <laughs> okay. There's also actually one that's amazing. Actually, he almost talks about in all of them, but there's there's actually two other speeches he gave. There's one at USC Gold School of Law commencement address that was amazing. And then also the psychology, this one's probably his best speech. It's the psychology of human misjudgment. So all he talks about is the mental models of like folly. So like the mistakes you can make in life. Oh, I, I have some of those, like the um, over the man on a roll theory. Uh, yeah, there's some like good ones. The hot hand. Yeah, that's one of them. This is so cool, man. The gambler's fallacy, right? Like things like that. Yeah, the, the hot. It's the hot hand fallacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I always, I always get lost with before we go to whack versus wisdom here. One thing I always get lost with is. I don't know, maybe we could kind of leave this as like a straggler for the next mental model. Because, Amber, I was going to ask you, does what I'm about to say fit into a mental model? The idea that it's almost like, it's it's kind of like a paralysis by analysis, but more so of thinking about how other people would fare in your situation. It's like constantly fighting. So, for example... Like, okay, uh, I let, 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 like, let's say I work six, six and a half days a week or six days a week. Okay. Okay. But I know that I, let's say six days a week. I know that in order to restore my energy for the following week and actually give myself a chance to catch up and enjoy my life, I want to go do something for eight hours or six hours or two hours on that one day, not even that long, like just something that has nothing to do with furthering yourself, right? And then that thought goes, to, and I'm not saying that's bad or good, like in and of itself, that's another discussion, but the thought goes through your head of what would X person do? What would, what would that person do? And then you're just kind of thinking like, oh, well, there are people on the planet that would do that. And there are people on the planet that wouldn't do that. And then you just start to kind of think like, who am I and, and, and what kind of person am I wanting to be here? So is that a mental model of, of like, well, somehow? Yeah. So Austin, what you're, what you're referring to is like, you're saying uh, you, you want to go do something that, that you enjoy. Okay. And, but at the cost of potentially not, you know, doing more work on mm -hmm. your business, which of course you're, you're thinking to yourself, this is going to give me less results. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so then like you, so like think about how many assumptions you're making here. Yeah. One of the assumptions yeah. is that, is that, is that you're a weak individual if you pick this enjoyment over, over the business. That's an assumption. But yeah. that is an assumption. But here's actually the biggest assumption that I think is universally like just across the board, which is that work is not enjoyable. And, you know, all these mm -hmm. like pleasures that, you know, that, that, are, that are in the marketplace, that's, that's pleasure. That's enjoyable. We deserve those things. And it's like this massive assumption in society that work is just not enjoyable or pleasurable. And that you should just not work all the time. Mm -hmm. That is a big assumption that I'm making. And, and then I always ask myself, well, not did Jesus take days off? <laughs> yeah, he rested on a Sunday. But you're like, awesome. Can you imagine like, can you imagine like, uh, can you imagine... Um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, the three of us all walk up to like Noah, right? And we're like, hey, uh, so like, when's this art going to be done? Because I'm pretty sure fucking like the floods like next week, right? And Noah's like, oh, dude, like, 
but like like i'm trying to enjoy myself for the day like, i'm trying to rest right like i'm not i'm not building an arc today <laughs> sorry amber what were you gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i love that was it, is it awesome. fit with a model yeah, yeah, like a mental model, all it is, it's, it's a way of organizing information. Mm-hmm. So it, it, its usefulness only comes in its ability to reach conclusions about the data faster and easy, easier. Mm. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. So. Um, okay, we've got a good candidate here for Whack versus Wisdom. <sighs> let's, uh, let's find out, yeah, I believe so. I have a really good wise thing here. Yeah. But believe it or not, if you're interested. Um, oh, fuck. You know what? Ah, man. I just love the coincidence here. Sometimes I just happen to just be reading the perfect thing at the perfect time. And when I say sometimes, I mean always. Jeez. So if you're interested in mental models, um, Princeton has an entire department dedicated to this. And if you were just to Google... The Mental Models Global Laboratory. You can find like news, important people, publications, wow. events, and labs around mental models. That's amazing. So, yeah, go uh, go check it out. And if, if you just Google um, Rob Kelly, uh, one top one hundred mental models, um, you'll find a lot of what I'm pulling up here and citing. So, um, yeah, it's so cool. All right, Mac versus Wise. I got, uh, I got something here. So this is uh, six nine. I don't know if we did this song. I'm starting to forget. Who's six nine? You never heard six nine? Okay. No. He's How a I, uh, he's a screen. He, he's a he's a rapper. Yeah, I will. Right here. I can't see your screen. Yeah, I got you. I got you. There it is. This song. Okay. He, I think he's he's pretty he's pretty uh, good. I, I can't see your screen. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, okay. So. The song is called Cuda, and it's it's by Six Nine. Uh, and uh, we have done it before, I think. This song? I'm pretty sure we have. Cuda. Uh. Uh, did we do it? I think we did another song by Six Nine. <laughs> okay, I don't know if it's this okay, one. okay, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> All right, all right, here we go. I think I, I, something's telling me we did it, but who knows? Okay, okay, here we go. No, be my boy. Everybody else, the only thing that's coming out of here is not right now. Respect the relationship. Fuck with the lottie dotties. You know they love to party, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Not trade, pay the way. She get peace and peace. What? Running out they mouth, but they never pop out. I got the drop on your spot, everybody watch out. Oh my nigga on 50, so you know we hopped out. Mobbed out, ops out, we gon' show what we about. Oh my niggas really game bang, took that damn slang. Rap about it, do the same thing, let your nuts hang. We gon' pull up nigga on the leg, on side of that. We gon' fuck, we don't do 
use it. Squat, dicky, dicky, bestie, get some leaky, uh. Lil' bitty, uh, bust a lot of titty, uh. She a skeezer, uh, really don't need her, uh. Bustin' I leave her, uh, she a lil' eater, uh. Get back, kick back, blow your shit back, uh. Fuck that, take that, flip that, send that, uh. Two, two, three, hit, where your hoes at, uh. Scum gang, bop that, Fendi, for that. Okay, so I'm I, I'm I'm a I know who Six Nine is. I'm definitely not one of his fans, but I I've heard the songs before, and I've never gone to watch the videos before. So Dude, the videos are so, amazing. So the videos are literally exactly what you would expect a Six Nine music video to be. Just so we like, because I know most people are listening to the audio. Most likely, like think to yourself, hey, what would Six Nine's music videos look like? Are there guns? Are there people running on subway tracks while train while trains are coming? Are there people just like dancing in a circle with firearms? <laughs> yes, is <laughs> the answer to that question. Like, do these guys like not like just go like 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 I wonder how many of these guys go to jail for like 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 this guy's clearly like he was in jail and he came out and he just got out. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean. It's, <laughs> it's just, and the guys in the beginning of the video, they were saying, rep up GS9. <laughs> GS9 is the gang that Bobby Shmurda re re like, represents. And Bobby Shmurda was the guy who was selling cracks since, like, the fifth grade. <laughs> so it's all connected. There's yeah. a lattice work yeah. of why. Yeah. <laughs> a lattice work of rappery. Of yeah, wackery. So please, This is us. so crazy. Okay, in the spot. In the spot, blow 50 bands, shit, 100 bands. <laughs> shit, my pockets on a running man, fuck a rubber band. I'm a fucker in a handstand, she a fan, man. Need the drugs, I'm the Xan man, I'm the damn man. I roll up, I'm gonna be booted, stupid, and shoot it stupid. Brought a knife, I brought a Ruger, stupid, I really do this. If I tote it, then you know I shoot it. I'm gonna prove it. Back, back, don't be moving stupid or I'm gonna use it, squad. <laughs> squad. Dicky, dicky, stuffy, uh, but she give some licky, uh, little bitty, uh, balls, bust all over her titties, uh. She a skeezer, uh, really don't need her, uh, bust, then I leave her, uh, she a little eater, uh, Get back, kick back, blow your shit back, uh, rip that, take that, flip that, send that, uh, point two two three hit, <laughs> wear your clothes at, uh, scum gang, boat that Fendi, fin act, uh. Honestly, wow. I feel like I was warming up my vocals. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, John, what do you do if your kid comes home listening to that one day <laughs> well, no i, I uh introduced I him to the to mental this. model of compound interest <laughs> but there's something i don't know it's i don't know i like it you know yeah well, i think this, i think this, like. the music video of this song by the way the song is called kuda it has half a billion views so john I, how many views does two... your quote have this one actually probably has Quite a few. How many does this have? Half a billion. What? Yeah, this is just on YouTube. Three hundred forty-one million. Spotify and SoundCloud combined, easily six hundred, probably six hundred. I don't understand how these are so popular. Yeah, this is this is one of his most popular <laughs> songs. Okay, so six nine versus John Morgan. Who are we taking? 
John. Well, there's ahead. two actually. Who's the author? Actually, I actually John? have two. Robert Greene. Okay. I, I figured that we might as well, because we were talking about this, so I went and quickly found these quotes. In moving toward mastery, you are bringing your mind closer to reality and to life itself. Anything that is alive is in a continual state of change and movement. The moment that you rest, thinking that you have attained the level that you desire, a part of your mind enters a phase of decay. You lose your hard-earned creativity and others begin to sense it. This is a power and intelligence that must be continually renewed or it will die. Entropy. By the way, my best theory to what's happening, where your quote is always perfect with what we talk about, is uh, is just confirmation bias because we talk about so many topics that your quote oh, no, has sure. to I'm has sure. to I'm sure which is also oh, another sure. mental model confirmation bias yeah here's um here's another quote uh, this one I actually was the one I wanted to read but the other one just was entropy so I was like okay I gotta read that you must look at the career path that you were already on and are about to begin the choice of this path or redirection of it is critical to help in this stage you will need to enlarge your concept of work itself. Too often, we make a separation in our lives. There is work, and there is life outside work, where we find real pleasure and fulfillment. Work is often seen as a means for making money so we can enjoy that second life that we lead. Even if we derive some satisfaction from our careers, we still tend to compartmentalize our lives in this way. There is a depressing, this is a depressing attitude because in the end, we spend a substantial part of our waking life at work. If we experience this time as something to get through on the way to real pleasure, then our hours at work represent a tragic waste of the short time we have to live. Where is that from? Mastery. By who? What's the, who's the author? Robert Greene. Wow. Dude, that's uh, Gary Vee's philosophy and, um, and, and one of the main things that he preaches. Yeah, so. I think that's, uh, that's right. I, I, I love that. Wow. Wow. Pretty incredible. Well, man. I think I'm going to choose Robert Green over six nine. Sorry, six nine. Um, you had a good outing there, buddy. But I'm you know what's interesting with, is Robert Green's John. books are actually very popular in the hip hop hip hop community. And um, Amber, I know that you like the Breakfast Club. It's kind of a hip hop sort of inspired show, right? Totally. They actually recently uh, interviewed Robert Green on their show. Recently. Yeah, dude. John yeah, like told this, me about this, this on the weekend. I was my job was on the floor. It's 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 in my queue to listen to. It's next. like a forty minute interview. It's actually really good, dude. They interviewed uh, Gary V. They interviewed Ryan Cernhart. Like they interviewed some. I think they interviewed Ryan Holiday as well. Well, right. So interesting enough, Ryan Holiday uh, is actually it was like um, like the apprentice to Robert Greene. I believe it. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I like believe Ryan, Ryan Holiday um, met Robert Greene at American Apparel because Robert uh, Robert Greene was on uh, the board of directors. He was like a, a like an advisor, and uh, that's I'm pretty sure Robert Greene might have got him the job. Actually, got Ryan Holiday the job um, at Robert or at um, American Apparel as a marketing director, and then of course. Uh, Ryan Holiday started doing a lot of research on the side for Robert Greene. And then naturally, as they experienced, you know, a lot of the, what Robert Greene had talked about in his books um, at American Apparel, The Downfall of that. Yes. Um, yeah. Then uh, Ryan Holiday then became a full-time author and uh, the rest is history. Wow. Whew. Boys. 
What a value-packed episode. That was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, but the way it, this this conversation started, I was getting very, uh, you know, very worried. With the, you know, talking about the weather there. Hey, but, I'm uh, saying. It's just maybe we important. should talk about the weather more. If maybe it gets we this, should. This kind of, this, a conversation. Gets me in a good mood. Well, uh, you know, great things start with small things. Facts. All right, boys. Okay, uh, guys. Ladies See- and gentlemen. Oh. Thank you for listening. It's been the weekly call. Okay. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.